You're tuned into Toby Talks, episode 17. Let's talk about saving lives in the air, Flight Nurse 101. If y'all don't know me, another thing you should know is I'm a huge Grey's Anatomy fan. And it's hard to say that because I literally just started watching Grey's Anatomy like two seasons ago. So technically I'm like a partial fan. But I literally have never seen so many helicopter rides in my entire life of being a nurse that I have seen on Grey's Anatomy. So trust me, I was blown away when I found out that nurses were the ones in the helicopter saving lives. I mean, that's crazy. I was just like, what? We can do that too? Well, yes, we can. My guest, Jennifer, is going to share with us the full details on how to become a flight nurse and what that is all about. And when I mean this girl goes into details, I didn't even know the helicopter was so small that it's like closet size. She shares all that and the pay. And y'all, they only work like twice a week. What? You know what? I'm already talking too much. Let's go ahead and hop into this conversation. So let's go ahead and hop into this because I am just like in awe about you being a flight nurse. I never heard about it, never knew what it was. So just go ahead and give me a good overview of what made you go into nursing and how did you stumble on becoming a flight nurse? So I got into nursing when I was in eighth grade. My grandma was very sick after a surgery kind of gone wrong. Mm -hmm. And I was the only one that could sit by her bedside and would stomach the the different procedures that she had done um, that were kind of painful for her. And so I sat there and I held her hand the whole time in her last few weeks. And she would eat for me, but she, you know, didn't want to eat for anyone else. And, And it just taking care of her really made me realize that I wanted to do nursing. Mm -hmm. So after graduation, I went to um, one college thinking they were getting a nursing program. They didn't get a nursing program. I transferred over to another school that had a nursing program. I was floored by their program. I mean, they had sim labs and everything was so realistic and the mannequins talk to you and they breathe and they have babies. So that got me more excited got into nursing school, thought I wanted to do pediatric oncology. Once I got into pediatric oncology, I realized that that was not for me. I would be emotionally drained every day coming Mm -hmm. home, just crying. I couldn't, I cannot deal with children that well, Mm -hmm. children anyway. And when I did my ER rotation, kind of lead into a story here. We had a patient come in, uh, who went into cardiac arrest in a Walmart, uh, already had a life vest on him. So that was doing compressions for him. I'm a nursing student and they're saying, hey, we're going to have a cardiac arrest coming in. Everyone stand here in the room. And if you get to do compressions, we'll let you. Well, when they came in with that on, the nurses couldn't do anything. Um, so they said, does anyone want a bag? Me, of course, being that eager nursing student, raised my hand. Oh, I do. I do. So I went over there and <laughs> the head of the bed and I was bagging this innovative patient um, for an hour probably pulse back and I'll never forget the look that he gave me when he started to wake up and it was just the most thankful look I have ever received in my entire life and mm. that moment on I knew I wanted to do emergency care mm. so fast forward just a little bit the helicopter came they kind of took me out there personally and showed me the helicopter and how everything was laid out and what kind of they did. And that sparked my interest. I knew I wanted to do ER. Unfortunately, 
a lot of places. Um, you can't always go straight into an ER. They like you to have a little bit of experience first. Mm -hmm. So I started out, uh, med surge was not able to get ER like I had hoped. Um, started out med surge and then transitioned into ER. Um, after a year and a half of my, you know, night shift med surge nursing, um, I applied for so many places and couldn't get in anywhere. Uh, I feel like that's the, the norm anymore. I'm mm -hmm. sure in so much need everywhere nationwide, but nobody wants to give them a job unless they have experience already. Well, exactly. how are you experience unless you let me? Mm -hmm. So kind of a catch 22, but I got into an ER from nine days of applying at Vanderbilt in Nashville and thought it was a sign, moved there, started that, um, met my now husband. And when I moved to South Carolina for him, I was doing a ALS class, ACLS class, met two flight medics in that class, started talking to them, told them I was excited. That's what I wanted to do. Um, and they said that if you do everything that we ask, we'll get you on the path to flight nursing. So I did everything that they asked and, you know, well and behold, hard work pays off and, you know, now flight nurse. So. Wow. That sounds like a, a really um, intense journey. And I love how you highlighted the fact that it was a struggle, you know, trying to get in, especially in this field that they say that they're scarce of, you know, there's, there's a scarcity in nursing and then you, you don't want to hire us and teach us and you need experience and the catch 22 you're very, very right about. So go ahead and hop into to the, to the getting into the flight nurse part. Like, so your first experience of knowing about a flight nurse was when you were taking care of that patient and they showed you the helicopter. So tell me what steps did you have to take to even get into becoming a flight nurse? So the requirements to becoming a flight nurse is you have to have three to five years of ER and or ICU experience. Uh, our company at the time that I'm currently working for was five years and since then have lowered the standards, but the interview process is still a very intense process. So they're going to weed out those who aren't qualified yet. So I had started in the ER, worked ER, moved to South Carolina, continued to work ER. They told me that I needed ICU experience, um, said that it's not required, but it's it's valued to have both. Mm -hmm. So I transitioned to the CVICU, Cardiovascular Intensive Care, worked in there for a year and a half to know, you know, your critical patients with multiple drips, your fresh hearts coming out from surgery, um, just kind of seeing and experiencing that balloon pumps, impellas, swans, things that you don't, you would never see in an ER generally. Mm-hmm. Also got the innovation experience, not not to innovate, but seeing the initial process of innovation more in a controlled environment and learning the vent, getting your blood gases back and interpreting them. So I really refined those those skills, which helps to have the pre-admission side in the ER, the ICU, post-care maintaining, you know, you have those patients for, you know, sometimes two, three months, depending on how thick they are. Mm -hmm. So 
I really recommend doing all of those. And then another thing they recommended to me was to go and get my EMT. So in the state of South Carolina, to get your EMT, I had to do a refresher class for an EMT. And from there, I had to do some ride time on an ambulance and challenge national registry, which is a test and a skills station. Having met those guys and they told me they would help me, I also started working with their company on the truck. So I did 911 services initially, and then they started to transition into a transport company as well. So I've started to do ground transports with them some too. It's great to have that EMS side because I don't think nurses realize when patients come in from the ER, um, how they got out of the vehicle Mm. or how they stabilized them or immobilized their leg, you know, whatever's mangled on them or Mm -hmm. stabilized to the point where they're coming to you. Because there's a lot that paramedics do on a truck that we don't necessarily realize they did, especially if they're in a rural area, kind of like I live. You have a 20-minute drive to the closest hospital. So those medics do quite a bit, short period of time. So it was great to get that experience too. And then I had your normal certifications that a nurse would have. You get, you know, ACLS and PALS. And then I had the ENT. So that really helps. I went and had taken a neonatal resuscitation class. So I have NRP. The NRP and the EMT are also not required but highly recommended. Mm-hmm. You'll need them if you do work on the helicopter. And then once you've had that and your years of experience, you can apply for a job. The interview process, if they call you back for it, roughly a hundred question test, depending on the company that you're going through. And then uh, the rest of my process for our company was a mega code where your patient goes into a couple of different rhythms. You have to treat it. Two static stations where they give you a EKG and you have to interpret it and tell them how you're going to treat it. Mm-hmm. And then I had a panel of interviewers. They did professional questions and then they did um, like personal questions as well. So we had the, the work questions and then the questions is, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? The basic interview mm-hmm. questions. And my whole process took about three hours for the interview. Wow. Um, and then once they were finished with that, if they liked what I said and how well I scored on everything, then they called me back and offered me the position. Once I got the position, I accepted it. I had to go to, it was an eight day program. I think it's now stationed in Texas. I went in Kansas. They were still doing it kind of all over. Mm-hmm eight or nine in the morning until five or six at night, you sat in class and just learned about everything. Wow. Yeah. So you have that school training, then you go through your orientation process and that's, um, can be as little or as much as you need. Mm -hmm. After you've done the orientation process and you come off orientation, you have, uh, two years to get your certification and there's a certification for medics and a certification for nurses. The certification for the nurse is a certified flight registered nurse. And like I said, you got two years to get that once you've had a little bit of training. Also depends on the program. This is my program I'm speaking about. And once you get that, then you're smooth sailing from there. It's 
you know, just maintaining that education and doing all those continuing education classes ever stops learning. Wow. Okay, first of all, I literally had to take off my wig for this conversation because I was like, good God, woman, you do a lot to get this done. Like, let me, let me just, whew, I was just taking it in like, my goodness. Okay, so let's, let's table back a little bit because that's a lot. To me, it seems like a lot. Just like, you know, when we're preparing for nursing school and doing all our prereqs, it seems like a lot. But in every profession, there mm-hmm. are stages you have to go through. So I'm hearing from you that the best thing to do is have um, at least three to five years minimum could be three up to five years of experience, whether it's an ER or an ICU to kind of get that critical care um, assessment and, and, and training. And then also, you know, some ENT experience as well to kind of know what to do in a very uh, acute situation. So I'm hearing that. Then I'm also hearing, you know, about being certified in, you know, our BLS, ACLS, PALS, um, NRP, which those are some that I did have because I worked in PQ. I worked with NICU babies. I worked with um, newborns and um, postpartum women and, and moms um, and pediatrics. So those are some certifications that if you're in those fields, you would need. So I'm hearing that you need to do that. Now I'm hearing that you're you're actually reaching out to certain kind of um, companies. So there's are flight training companies that you reached out to and applied after you've done all your requirements. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, it's kind of like you would apply for a hospital. Um, the air medical side of things has different companies, and you can Google them, uh, find a flight program. You some are hospital based. So you can get it through your your hospital. But if you look at the companies and get on their website, you can apply through their website for it. And a few of the major companies have different bases all throughout the nation. So wherever is closest to you, you can apply. Okay. So then once you apply for that program, then it's almost like you're doing like a mini course in a way where they're kind of teaching you the the basic courses of, of becoming a flight nurse. And then from there, you stay with that company and then you get your experience as a flight nurse and then you can take your certification within um, after two years of experience. Is that what I'm hearing? That's exactly right. Yay. My brain does work. Okay, good. Because I was just like, oh my God, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> but it actually isn't. I mean, it just seems like you really need that ICU ER experience, get your certifications um, in, yeah. you know, PALS, ALS, BLS, whatever, and then apply to this program, stay in the program for up to two years or however long you want, but by two years, you can sit down for your certification. So that doesn't seem too bad. Um, Now, when I hear flight nurse and I'm hearing everything you're describing, it sounds like you are an EMT in the sky. So you're not actually flying a plane, correct? You're just actually doing what an EMT does on the ground, but in the air. Yeah, you don't want me flying, we would wreck. I was was about to (laughs) say like, that's a lot. How to fly a helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) No. Some of them have different different helicopters, different program pilots. I would say most probably just fly one pilot. And then depends on your company or whether it's hospital-based, whether you fly nurse-nurse, nurse-medic, nurse-doctor, nurse-RT. There's a multitude of ways that you can fly. It just depends on what your state requires. Mm-hmm. Our state of South Carolina requires nurse medics so that you get that pre-hospital role when we do scene calls with your medics. And then we get the hospital side of things with your nurse where 
we have done interfacility transports from a small facility to a larger facility, and that's when they've got all the drips and the pumps and equipment with them. Wow. So I really want to ask you, because you're coming from a whole different field or a whole different um, realm, which is bedside nursing, and now you're kind of doing that care, but in the air. Did you have any kind of apprehensions or fear doing something like that? Because I mean, I'm already on the plane trying to make, you know, when turbulence hits, I'm already like, oh, Lord, Lord, it's not time for me to go. But you're on the, you're on a helicopter (laughs) and you are like saving a life at the same time. I can't even think and fly at the same time. So what apprehensions or fears did you have leaving the bedside and going to become a flight nurse? Well, I don't really have any fears of flying at all. I've been on planes beforehand realistically, I did two ride-alongs prior to even applying for a position to make sure that it was something that I wanted to do. So you can call up a program, say you'd like to do a ride-along, you're interested in being a flight nurse. And for a ride-along program, you'll get up in there. You can't do anything, but you get to sit there and watch what they do. Really? So I did two. Yeah. What? No, stop. Don't be trying to slide over that like that was just a cool, uh, cool little information you just dropped. That was pretty big. So you can literally call a company and say, hey, I'm probably interested in this, but I want to tag along and see what y'all do. And they would allow you to come. Yeah, especially if you are to that point where you would be qualified for the position. Wow. And you would be interested in applying. When I did my ride alongs, I was maybe a month. I think it was maybe a month away from applying for a position. So I had already got there, had certifications, had my AMT, knew that it was something I wanted to do. Um, I kind of had an end knowing those guys who helped me to that process. It was their company and their helicopter that I rode along with. Mm -hmm. But you can, if you call up a program and say, hey, I'm really interested. I'd like to see if this is something I could handle or I would like to do. They'll try and get you on if that's something their company allows. Well, there you go, guys. I hope you heard that because that's pretty amazing. Like to be able to see if it's for you instead of, you know, jumping all in and then you finally get there and you're like, wait a minute, I actually don't like to fly. You know, that'd be a big waste of your time, boo. So (laughs) it's really good that this is an opportunity. So go ahead and um, finish up what you were saying about, you know, um, some of the, you say you didn't have any apprehensions or fear of flying, but what was kind of, what was standing out to you the most coming from bedside and going into becoming a flight nurse? Um, Realistically, I think what stands out the most to me is just the increase in critical care that you're providing. Um, You have an increase in skills that you can provide that you can't provide in the hospital as well. And you're doing it in a closet. <laughs> it wow. is the size of a closet. Tell you where the bruises come from on my legs that I wake up every day from a shift and have three new ones. Wow. Other than that, I mean, every day, every once in a while, you'll have a little bit of turbulence where you've been running calls all day. You have a lunch at three in the afternoon and your stomach will get upset. I keep Zofran on me. Mm-hmm. In case I get a little upset at my stomach, that way I'm not getting sick. And I try to keep a protein bar I need to eat. I can eat on the way to a call or on the way home back to base from a call. It keeps bottled water on me too. You get dehydrated up there so quickly. But as far as feeling safe, I feel safer in a helicopter than I do on a ground in an ambulance. 
People do not pull over for ambulances anymore. It's like they didn't <laughs> take the course. They don't remember. I don't get it. Girl, you're so right. I've seen that happen a lot of times where it's like, um, I thought rule of thumb was you merge, you move over, you slow down, you let the helicopter surpass you. I mean, you let the ambulance surpass you. But I guess when you're in the air, you can bypass all that, except, you know, unless you got some disrespectful birds that might hit your window every once in a while. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It can happen. <laughs> Wow. And most of our pilots are ex-military, so I feel very comfortable with them. They have to have 2,000 flight hours, which is really quite a lot. And I feel Mm. confident in all of their skills. Wow. So I have a question for you. I remember I was watching Mm -hmm. this Grey's Anatomy um, episode, and two of the characters were in the helicopter transporting this um, gentleman to another hospital. And I think either it was a chest tube or something that came out and blood was like everywhere. And it was so dramatic. Does that actually happen in a helicopter? Do you ever have a moment where, you know, uh, things are happening very quickly and rapidly to your patient and it's not going the way it's planned? How do you deal with that mentally? And how do you, you know, get into that critical thinking of, you know, my first goal is to save this patient life in the air. Absolutely. Great question. I feel like it just kicks in naturally, you know, I haven't been a nurse very long. I've only been a nurse for seven years now, mm. but I started this at five and I, I just feel like the longer I've been doing it and the more I've been in critical care, it comes second nature to me. I just start working and generally you're with your partner for at least six months at a time. So you'll have the same partner mm-hmm. and you can get into that zone where you guys don't even have to communicate. You can just look at each other and know what needs to be done. Wow. So you just start working and you just get it done together. Um, sometimes it can be a, a mess. I've coded patients in the air. We've had patients who were bleeding and, you know, by the time you land, it's, everywhere in the helicopter or my favorite when the ER nurse gives KX right before you take them. Mm, okay. so, things happen. Um, but we just think, don't even think about it necessarily. Uh, and we start doing, and then when it comes time to, we need to care something else, then we discuss it and we move on with it from there. Okay. So what is your, what is your day-to-day life like? Like what is your schedule? Because is it different from being at the bedside working 12 hours? Is it different from a clinic working nine to five? What is your, um, your hour, I mean, your schedule look like as a flight nurse? So for me, um, in my current job, I work 24 hour shifts. We'll do 24, two 24 hour shifts a week. So I'll work like a Thursday and a Saturday and then I'll work a Monday and a Wednesday that way it's two days at the end of one week two days at the beginning of the next week and then I've got a a break of seven ish days off without work so but I'm still making full-time hours every week it's really not bad Wow, that's actually really, really good. So, I mean, you don't have to give me numbers if you don't feel comfortable, but what is the, the, pay, the pay difference in between, you know, leaving bedside nursing and going into flight nursing? You would think with the certifications and experience that we have that the pay would be more, 
but realistically it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I went from share the care in a hospital, you know, working all the ICUs and ERs, making really quite good money to going to the helicopter and taking a significant pay decrease. Now, if you're just working a regular floor in a hospital, if you're only working ER or you're only working ICU or med surge, I would say that the pay is comparable Mm -hmm. in that sense. Um, But having done share the care where, you know, they use and abuse me anywhere in the hospital, Mm. which is great pay. It's kind of like travel nursing. You're going to get paid for doing that. Uh, I went from that pay down, but the job is so desirable. And really anyone who does this profession, I think has such a strong passion for it that they're okay with that. And that's really good to hear because especially being a millennial um, and working, you know, everyone thinks it's all about the money, but it's like, no, we really find gratification on doing what we love and doing what is truly what's best for our patient and what's giving back to this world. So even though there might be a slight pay, you know, difference, you were truly, you truly love going to work every day and doing what you're doing. On top of that, your schedule is bomb. Like you get seven days off, you can travel in between, you can like work PRN somewhere else, you can do whatever, you can still have a life and not feel like you have to give up your life just to do one career. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I do. I mean, I have four jobs. So Oh, okay, sis. Okay, much. sis. Four jobs. Okay, <laughs> sis, you you doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but when I don't feel like working my other part-time jobs, you know, I do go travel. I just got mm-hmm. back from a vacation visiting family in Kansas and I was gone and then went on vacation again as soon as I got back for another three days. Ooh, you live in that, that, that that's good nice. life. Mm-hmm. That's real nice. <laughs> Yes. So I wanted to ask you another question because I'm just so blown away by what you do and just how amazing that is. And it seems like it's stressful though. Do you ever have um, times in your, in your new career in nursing as a flight nurse, do you ever have times where it's kind of stressful, um, especially with, you know, dealing with acute patients with emergency situations in the air, or do you feel like you've managed that throughout the, throughout your experience as being a flight nurse? Oh, I definitely feel like it's stressful. I think your level of stress, um, nervousness, uh, intensity with taking care of your patients will change as you start to grow and learn more and get better. My patients that I would call critical two years ago is not a patient I would call critical now. So you'll get used to that and things will slowly cheer you understand how to manage them better and it mm-hmm. kind of clicks and you do things easier and smoother and more effectively. But in the same sense, you're always going to get that patient still in this type of setting that is crashing on you. And no matter what you do, those stress receptors are going to kick in and, you know, you're sweating and I, my hands funny. Kind of gross, but funny. My mm-hmm. hands sweat really bad. So you can tell when I'm stressed out and I'm working, taking care of a patient because my hands will be sweating and it'll just be dripping out of my gloves. It's oh, gross. Wow. That's real life. <laughs> True story. 
I believe you because to be taking care of patients in a helicopter while it's in the air, girl, more than my hands will be sweating. I'll be sweating in areas I didn't think could sweat. So I'm glad that you're being honest about that. (laughs) Yeah. So some advice for, let's say, a nurse or a nursing student that um, is is, um, inspired by what you're doing. How... How could, were they, were you able to work while being in this program or was it, you know, your full time in this program? So like, of course, a nursing student wouldn't be able to go in immediately. They would need to, you know, do some ICU and ER experience um, at the bedside. But if you're a nurse already with that experience, do you have to quit your full time job and then get into this program and get training before you can actually work? Or is your training considered work? Or how does that, what was that like? Um. If you're a nursing student and you're trying to get to it, then obviously you just got to keep pushing for those goals. Mm-hmm. If you're a nurse who's already qualified, already has that ICU ER experience and the certifications and you're getting ready to apply, once you apply, you can either apply for a full-time position or a part-time position, kind of like a hospital. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to stay full-time with your hospital and only work part-time on the helicopter, you could not all companies are going to accept that just for the fact that you may not fly often. Part-time for them might only be 24 hours every other week. So if you think of it in that perspective, you're only working two shifts in an entire month. And that's not necessarily enough to maintain all of your knowledge and training and certifications to continue with flying. So I highly recommend if you're going to fly that you leave your full-time job once you get a flight nurse position and that is your full-time job. And then you can work part-time in a hospital, but there are programs that allow you to work part-time. I think that it would be a struggle because you could have a weather day or a maintenance day where you come into work and the helicopter is down. They're working on it all day. It's getting a new transmission or you're coming in and it's supposed to be storms all day. So you're not going anywhere. You're not going to fly at all. And those kind of situations really stink. You could go a month and a half without having a single call. Mm, Wow. So it's best to have a job on the side, um, especially if, if you're not doing this full time. Um, And even if you are doing it full time, it doesn't hurt to even have something PRN just in case there are down days. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I personally enjoy having those bedside skills still going into the hospital and still having my hands on things and touching things, dealing with multiple patients, having to task out what's a priority. You know, when you have six patients in the in the ER, it's that you learn to move quickly and to prioritize. And some of those can kind of go away when you're working the helicopter because you only have one patient. You're Mm -hmm. only taking care of one patient at a time. So I really recommend it. Not everybody does. I work with coworkers who don't work in the hospital anymore, and this is their full-time job. Um, And they seem to manage really well. I, from personal experience, still enjoy having that bedside time. Mm -hmm. Did you have any challenges um, being young? in this kind of role, like from patients or from colleagues? Because sometimes I know um, with 
positions like this. And correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I don't remember nursing school teaching me about being a flight nurse. So if they did to you, kudos. But if not, how, you know, like, how do you feel or what is your views on being young, being millennial and finding out that, wow, I can do this. Do you have challenges with people that treat you any kind of way because they feel like you're not experienced enough to be able to do this kind of profession? Absolutely. I came to Dillon, South Carolina, and I really had thought that flight nursing was something that I wouldn't do until I was in my 30s or 40s. That was working hard towards the goal. Once I got here and I met those two medics and started to talk with them a little bit more, I realized that the goal was closer in my reach than I had thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did everything that I could education-wise. I was very dedicated, was studying all the time, still do. I mean, I'm still constantly taking classes and getting new certifications and maintaining. But I worked extremely hard for um, a solid year and a half, almost two years to obtain the goal. I started studying because you got you have to learn flight physiology too. And that's not something, like you said, that is taught. You're, you don't know about that. Mm-hmm. You don't learn, you know, Boyle's Law and how it affects your patients when you get up to altitude. And Wow. So those are pieces that you have to, yeah, you really have to kind of learn the flying aspect of things that's different than being in a hospital or on the ground. And I just felt like um, transitioning into that, um, I totally forgot where I was going. (laughs) You were talking about being a millennial and that struggle of being young, girl. That's where you were going. Yeah, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I got Oh, no, honey. Shoot, I I was with you. I was with you. You're good. Go ahead, boo. (laughs) Well, I uh, did everything that I needed to do, worked really hard to get um, the position. And once I got in and I went to my flight training in Kansas, I realized I was the youngest one there. Wow, how old? Nobody else in my training class. And, and there was, um, at the time, I was 26 wow. when I got hired. Um, actually, I had gotten hired at, was it 26 or 25? And I started at 26. It happened to be right near my birthday. It was mm-hmm. this July 4th was uh, my two-year anniversary of flying. Wow. And... I went to this training for eight days and realized I was the youngest one there and they do judge you. I mean, they do look at you and um, kind of go, is she ready for this? Do you think that she can handle it? Mm. And if I'm being straight on, straightforward with you, I had comments made to me that I was just pretty. I got the job because I was pretty. I didn't get <laughs> wow. it. I was ready. Wow. Yeah. So that How was did really you deal hard with that? for me to overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, me, I, the role of I'll prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. So I got that independent, strong woman vibe going. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to show them. Okay. I know I'm going to go right. get my certifications early. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go do this and take that class and show that I'm dedicated and really just get out there and do the job and learn it so much more than somebody else who had maybe been set in their ways and had done nursing forever and just kind of thinks that they know it all. I'm still hungry. I'm still eager for that knowledge. And so I really took it and let it empower me to go out and prove them all wrong. I got my flight nurse certification 
after a year and a half, mm. a little less than a year and a half. So I didn't even get to the two year mark and girl, I went ahead better, and took it and passed. You better come through. Yeah. You better show them. Girl, yes. I hope you hear me clapping in the background. <laughs> girl, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I, and I, I love to ask that Thank from you. millennials and, you know, because our generation, they treat us as if we're just like, we don't know anything. We're not experienced yet. But you got flight nurses out there doing the dang thing. You got CNOs that are not even 30 yet, that are literally under 30. And, in, and the whole stereotype has always been, you're not experienced enough. You haven't been there long enough. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not ready to invest 50 years before I make the next move. I'm ready to do it now. And and I'm glad that you used even though that was discouraging, I mean, for anyone to say it's just your looks, that's very stupid and discouraging. But I'm glad that you let that fuel you in a way to show them that, no, it's not about how I look or my length of experience. It's show you my drive and what I have and what I bring into the table. So, girl, that makes me excited to hear that because I know that's going to inspire and encourage so many others, especially being a woman. You know, being a woman, being young and in this field, it's like you kind of don't get that respect. You kind of have to like let your work speak for itself. You know what I mean? Exactly right. And and I was told many times, too, I know the stuff, but I don't see patient numbers that they would like to see. And I always come back with, you know, I may not have all those patient numbers on my belt, but I know what to do to handle them when they're presented to me. And I have that dedication and I have that drive to do it well. So that's different than, you know, the flight or any nurse in general or any profession where somebody is set in their ways and they've just done things for so long that they're not interested in learning or maintaining. And here I am. I may not have those numbers, but I'm willing to learn. I'm excited to learn. And I'm doing everything that I can to know how to handle those situations when they come. Exactly. Girl, as we wrap up this conversation, I really want to hear from you. What advice would you give anyone who's looking to becoming a flight nurse one day, whether it's a nursing student, whether it's a new grad or whether it's an experienced nurse? What encouragement would you give them to push for this dream of becoming a flight nurse? My main encouragement is just having that drive, being determined and Keep on learning. I mean, you can go anywhere. The sky's the limit. I almost flung I was in nursing school. I could not pass anatomy and physiology pretty much the whole semester. And I studied so hard for the final that I got my grade high enough on my final to pass anatomy and physiology. Mm, So I almost didn't even make it. Mm -hmm. And I kept going and I kept trying. And I've had failures. I've taken exams and I've failed exams and just thought, maybe I can't do this. Maybe it's not, I'm not cut out for Mm -hmm. it. I'm not smart enough for it, but that's not true. I feel like your knowledge is only as broad as you're going to make it. Mm -hmm. It is your drive. It is your want to and dedication to learning. So just keep trying and you'll get there. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. There were so many gems dropped. And if you want to reach me or hit me up, feel free to contact me through my email at tobytalks at tobytodge.com. Again, that's tobytalks at tobytodge.com. 
feel free to follow me on Instagram or slide me a DM. That's at Toby.talks. Again, IG, Toby.talks. I also got Twitter, like everybody else. So feel free to hit me up. And my Twitter is This is Toby Talks. I look forward to talking to you guys very soon. And remember, I'm rooting for you. So go out there and be great. Till next time, talk to you later.